Have you ever wanted to be more superhuman? Are you ready to contribute to the future of humanity while well, you're in the right place? Join Michelle and AJ now for the Becoming Superhuman podcast. You'll be glad that you did. Okay, AJ. <laughs> This is the wonders of technology and doing things with a global um, speaker list. <laughs> and it's such a classic example of you never know what's going to happen at any point in time and you have to be able to really shift and adapt and respond. And that's what life's all about, isn't it? So on that basis, can you go back to that question that Rajiv had and answer about how he can get recordings, please? Absolutely. Thanks, Rajiv. So what we're doing, there's several ways you can get the recordings. If you couldn't hop on to earlier, you can either jump into the Facebook group. So we have a Facebook group called The Superhuman Summit. So The Superhuman Summit, you've got to put the the in front. So in Facebook, you can request to join that group. It's all free, but you just need to be given permission into that group. And what we'll do is any of the live streams that have been there through the day, you can go back and watch those. So you can watch presentations from the last three days over in that Facebook group. We also will be downloading the recordings of all of these Zoom calls and they're going to be uploaded to YouTube. So we have a YouTube channel that will be started in a few days, maybe about three days, and it's a human power um, YouTube channel. So we will be posting links um, to that here in chat boxes and in the Facebook group you'll be able to go and watch all the speakers from the first few days and it'll be probably a day or two's delay. So after each day, a couple of days later, you'll be able to start seeing those um, webinars and watching them again. We're also looking at setting up a podcast as well for Human Power and the Superhuman Summit. So all of the 40 speakers um, over the coming months will be released probably one a week as a podcast as well. So there'll be lots of ways for you to reconsume the information here because we have had some absolutely incredible speakers. Today, for example, we've had Phil Preston, we had Casey Warwick and Urbane Lawrence, we've had Michelle herself doing her presentation on how to be more superhuman we had Dr. Amy Silver and Alessandra Edwards this afternoon talking about how to survive and thrive in a pandemic. We had Christina do some moonshot thinking, Christina Gerakides from Singularity University this afternoon. Trisha Martin has just finished her presentation on why a nudge is better than a shove and talking all about nudge theory, which was fantastic. And now we're going live to Stanley Beckett an hour earlier than he thought but we love his adaptability and flexibility. <laughs> He's been able to bring it together and throw a shirt on and come live. <laughs> oh, dear, the, the, the joys of um, conducting business globally, eh? That's what it's like. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Michelle. Um, yeah, I, unfortunately, I've got a lot of people in South Africa that's joining us in an hour's time. So I'll just oh, let you and um, that um, they'll have to catch the recording. But I'm glad that I can I can still be live with those who have made the time to be here with me. So thank you for that. Yep. Can you and share with that group, do you have Facebook connections or something to tell them to hop on the Facebook group called the Superhuman Summit? Maybe you can I, post on your own. Yeah, yeah, LinkedIn yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do that, but I... Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, for now, I'd like to um, focus on those that are here and that have joined Fantastic. us, and make sure that they get maximum value being here with us today. Fantastic! I'll jump off and I'll monitor the comments. Um, are you going live into Facebook, Michelle? I'm going to try. So you can keep going, um, talking through a bit of an overview while I take us live on Facebook. 
Sure. So Stanley, as you can hear from his accent and what he's been saying, is coming to us live from South Africa. Um, in the middle of the day today, it's the evening here in Australia. And so forgive Michelle and I, we've been going since seven this morning. So we might look a little bit shadier by this time of the day. And Stanley's going to talk to us all about the superhuman powers that you need to deal with a changing world. And what a changing world we're in right now with the pandemic. How has it been affecting you all in South Africa there, Stanley? I think the same as it has everyone else. South Africa has um, pretty much gone on lockdown very quickly um, compared to uh, other countries. So we've, we've, we've managed to control things thus far. But from what I understand, the lockdown isn't really there to, to control the spike that's coming uh, or, or, or to stop the spike. It's still going to come. It's just there to make sure we're ready for the spike. So I really think the the, the big um, test is going to come, they reckon, by around about middle of September is when we'll hit our peak. So it's going to be interesting. We're watching the rest of the world and we know that it's going to affect us at some stage. Although we've been on lockdown now for five weeks, but this week, Friday, we're going slightly easing the lockdown as well on our side. Right. And um, I know we have a large, oh, you've joined again. We have a large ageing population do you have a large aging population there in South yeah, for Africa? Us for us, it's a big concern. With absolutely, for us, the big concern, I think, yes. Number one, we've got townships where people are living very close to each other in very close proximity, which I think is going to be one of the big challenges. And the other challenge here as well for us is that we've got a lot of illnesses like TB and AIDS and things like that 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 get severely affected by this. So I think that the expectation is that it's going to be. Um, quite damaging when it happens and I think that's why we're doing everything we can to prepare ourselves and the hospitals and the beds and everything so I really think that's where we're at at this stage yeah fantastic so while Michelle's just getting Facebook live going if everyone in the chat box down the side panel could just pop in where you're coming in from because that will also help Stanley know who's his audience I know um, that I saw someone earlier was from Delhi that was Rajiv thanks uh, USA, we've got someone, Brian, who else and where else are you coming in from so that we can see where you are? Stephen in Stradbroke Island. Hey, Steve-O. Thanks, buddy. Um, Lawrence is in Sydney. So we've got a variety of people. You've gone global today for us, Stanley. Mm-hmm. How did you go with Facebook Live there, Michelle? It's not going to cooperate again, so it'll be the same as the previous two speakers. Yep. Okay, I'll go and post in Facebook and let people know to come across to Zoom. Okay. And I'll Zoom out. Have a great chat, guys. Thanks, AJ. Thanks so much. Now, Stanley, is it possible that someone, maybe your wife or partner, has tried to log on as you? Because there's another you on the screen with a nice... It's it's my wife. um, So I'm assuming, I don't know why she put in my name, but yeah, it looks like she's logged in as me there. She's she's also going to try and share it on our Facebook Live um, different places as well. Okay, no worries. Um, Well, I will just leave it there for now. So that's all good. So let me give you a proper introduction. So you are the brains behind Change Creators, among a series of other things, which we'll get you to speak about as you go along tonight. The title of your talk tonight is The Superhuman Powers You Need to Deal with a Changing World. And I think that that's such a a practical but really great title for what I'm looking forward to. We'll have a whole lot of insight for us. And especially in reading the overview of what you're going to speak about, 
this notion that you're going to be teasing apart around power versus force and what are the nuances and the differences and also what the difference in effectiveness is of those two approaches to something. I'm really looking forward to hearing that. Is that the off the work of David Hawkins? Is that that context or is it a different power? No, it's, it's, it's kind of a hybrid context of something I've been working on for close to 15 years now. So ah, it's like great. a hybrid of different ideas all brought into one, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Well, we are massively looking forward to um, what you have to share. So without further ado, please go for it. Okay, so um, I'm assuming I can share my screen, yes, which I will do, and then you can just, um, let me just quickly see there. Okay, I'm going to, could you just let me know if you're able to see the screen? Yes, we are. Perfect. Okay, so um, I was halfway through redesigning it, and um, <laughs> then then I found out I'm an hour I, I, that I have an hour less than I thought I had while I was busy redesigning this. So I'll go between <laughs> this and another um, slideshow that I had uh, prepared, and I was deciding between the two. But just a big hello to everyone, and, and hopefully Michelle, you let me know if there's any questions I need to answer. At I this will stage. do definitely as we go. Yep. Okay, so so a little bit of a background uh, about me. Um, I and I think this is relevant to to doing what I what I do now. I started my career after school studying for a Bachelor of Science degree in astrophysics. I wanted to become an astronomer and study the stars, and um, but I just found that 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 I, I had uh, I wanted to work with people. So that's not like really a job you can work with people. Um, but what was important for me there is that I. I kind of fell in love with maths and science and believed, as Einstein rightfully said, everything in the universe can be explained mathematically. So through the years, I've always worked with different mathematical formulas to help me understand uh, how the world works. And um, about 10, 10, 12 years ago, I went to the USA, I worked with a man by the name of Bob Proctor, um, did a lot of work on, on, on understanding how the mind works. And my, I think what's also another relevant point is that I come from an extremely religious background. My father was a minister. And um, of course, you know, you get two types of children. You get those that go exactly the route of their parents, and then you get those that become the rebels. And I was more like the rebel in terms of I, I, I came from a, from a background where you were taught not to question things and just to believe everything told. And I, I was very much questioning everything in life. And um, back meeting Bob Proctor all those years ago, I was introduced to a new concept that we could actually change our reality and our world by changing our thinking. And that was really um, the first step that I had is that my belief is if you want to change something in somebody's life, you first need to change their thinking. Um, then, ba then about five, six years ago, I wrote my first book, Liftoff, which was all about um, setting and, um, goals and the mindset behind goals. That was very important for me to understand that. Having been also for the past 10 years or so a student of ontology, and ontology is basically the study of human beings, why we behave like we do. And um, after that, about four years ago, I started a, another program, um, which I've then converted into the program that I work with mainly today. I wrote my book uh, called The Change Creator Formula, which is co-authored with my business partner, Aubrey Masango, who is also a radio host, a very popular one here in South Africa. And um, we're also busy completing our third book, which is called The Wealth Creator Formula, which is all about the mindset when it comes to creating change in that area of your life. So working through this, I, I 
have been asking the same question for the last 10 years, um, working as a coach, also as a business coach um, with people, I would see that um, people really struggle with even the smallest changes in their lives. If you take, for example, and, and, and my question and my, I would almost say my main area of study for myself has been how do we adopt to, to change and how do we adopt changes in our life? And um, I'll take an example, someone like an Anthony Robbins, who's probably one of the, the best in the world when it comes to motivating and working with people. You take a look at someone like him and you, and you look over a weekend how many people he has in an audience. We're talking 10, 15,000 people that come to an event and a seminar. And they all hyped up and they all motivated. But my question became, if we had to follow all of those 15, 10, 15, however many thousand people a year from that date, how many of those people have really changed anything in their life? So I realized there's, it's one thing being motivated to change. It's a completely different thing actually adopting to change. And I think that the same, more- Dana, I'm just sorry, I'm just going to jump in and ask a couple of questions as you go. But I think what, what you're pointing to there is that the sustainability of change is very different to this short-term kind of immediate notion that you want to change. Absolutely. And 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 we need to understand ourselves to be able to understand why this happened. So my question became exactly that. Why do people struggle so much with change? And through the years, I've, I've, I've done a lot of training with different audiences and I get different answers. And one of the answers I, I, I get quite a lot is that people don't know how to, what they need to do to create the change in their life. And that led me to a concept that we, that we talk about quite a lot. And that is that the fact of the matter is that most people know how to change or what they need to do to create change. We take one of the biggest uh, problems in the world. Let's take two of them. The first one is with, with health. We've never globally been as unhealthy as, as, as what we are as a, well, I would say as a, um, we are right now. We see the increasing levels of diabetes, the increasing heart problems people are having. We see percentage wise how many people are considered overweight and obese. And the question is, why is this? Is it that people don't know how to change? And if we take a look at that, we, t- we, we find that the truth is people do. Um, you can, I tell people all the time, just go onto Google, print in how to lose weight uh, as a search option. You'll get millions and millions of pages. Just print the first 10, put it on a wall, take a dot, throw it, whichever one it hits, do that program. I guarantee you'll probably lose weight. So it's not that we don't know what to do. We're not doing what we know we should be doing. The same thing with finances. Why are so many people struggling financially? And interesting enough, um, I had a very controversial couple of weeks on the radio where I was telling people the pandemic right now, if you're finding yourself struggling financially, the pandemic is not the cause. The pandemic is only the magnifying glass. The cause has been what have you done in the last 10 years to prepare yourself for such an eventuality like this? So it's easy and fair enough to blame an outside event, but really we need to take responsibility and say, could you have, having done things differently the last 10 years, let's say you invested more, let's say you started more, you, you, you got involved with different businesses, let's say you saved your money, you budgeted, whatever it might be. Is it possible that in the last 10, year, 10 years you could have done things differently that would have put you in a much stronger position today where the pandemic wouldn't have had such a negative effect on you? And if we can see that, we're coming down to the same thing, is that we know, and by the way, I see I've got two Gs, so that tells you what the struggle is right there, um, but we really do struggle with change. And if we can see that it's not that we don't know, and this is what I refer to as the knowing-doing gap. Yeah, There's a gap between what we know 
and what we do. And this gap starts when we're at school. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as we go older. There's actually, you know, that businesses talk about ROI, the return on investment. Well, today they talk about return on individuals, where they're saying that businesses spend billions per year training people, but it doesn't mean necessarily that people are any more effective. So the question is, how do we close that gap between what we know and what we do? And, and um, I think, um, also, sorry, yeah. I just wanted to observe something there in that knowing doing gap, it's in my mind, it equates to the idea of cognitive dissonance because you're saying one thing over here but you're doing something different over there. And that cognitive dissonance that we have as a population and a species creates a lot of problems for us, but mostly we don't recognise that it's even there. Absolutely. And, and Michelle, the problem is is that often, for the, well, not often, most of the times the reason we're not doing what we know we should be doing is, is a bl- blind spot to us. Um, we're not aware of why that is. And what do we often need is we need to pay um, sometimes large amounts of money to get a coach or someone to sit and help us figure that out. So I was kind of asking, is there some way, having been in the coaching industry myself for many, for more than a decade, is there some way or tool that we could give to people that could help them identify what it is that's keeping them stuck and keeping them procrastinating, almost sort of like they could do a self-analysis for themselves and mm-hmm. find it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that brought me to the question on how change takes place. And like I said to you, I love my mathematical formulas. And I found that the, and, and what makes the most sense when it comes to, to change is that in your life, change will take place when your motivation to change is greater than your resistance to change. So if you have any area of your life that you want to change, the moment that your motivation to change is greater than your resistance to change, that is when change really starts taking place. Now, I just need to also, also state here, when I'm talking about motivation, we're all aware of the fact that we get two types of motivation. You get what I call intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. We're not talking about extrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is the one I spoke about earlier on where you need someone outside of you to hype you up, to motivate you, and you're all excited and you're clapping hands and you're singing songs and you can't wait to get going. And the next morning you wake up and all that motivation is gone because immediately the fear replaces it again because now you're on your own and now you've actually got to act on what you said you would do the night before. Intrinsic motivation is something that comes from inside and something that really creates change and momentum. So understanding this, I then went and said, asked myself, what are the variables that make up your intrinsic motivation to change? And what are the variables that make up your resistance to change? And that is where, as you will see here, the change creator formula was born. So that might look a little bit daunting, but if you unpack it, it actually makes sense. And it was a way that I took everything that I'd learned in probably 15 years of research. And I said, if I could pack it all into one program to help people or to one formula, how would that be? So as you will see, there's specific variables that make up your, your intrinsic motivation. And those variables need to balance in such a way that they are greater than the the right-hand side of the formula as you're looking at it, which is your resistance to to change. So I I don't have the variables written out here, but I'll just tell you briefly, on the right-hand side, if we talk about resistance to change, because the one I want to focus on in today's talk is the P, because without that, if you could just get that one thing right in your life, 
change will happen in the most amazing and magical ways. And that's your, your level of power. And that's what we're talking about, to become superhuman. And, you know, we must also talk about being superhuman. Someone asked me, what does it mean to be extraordinary? And extraordinary doesn't mean that you need to be 100% better than everybody else. Extraordinary only means you need to be a little bit better than everyone else and you are already extraordinary. So we don't need to strive to be and, and put ourselves under this pressure where we have to be yards and kilometers and ahead of everybody else. If we can just constantly work every every day just to get that one step ahead and that one step ahead, I think everybody can become superhuman. But in order to do that, at the same time that we're doing that, we need to increase our level of power. So before I get to that power, just quickly, as I said, on the right-hand side of the equation, we've got the resistance variable. And just briefly, the T in the variable stands for your thinking. And as you all know, that how positive or negative your thinking is, is going to determine how much resistance you're going to have in a certain area you're trying to change. If you, let's say, for example, your finances, if you are extremely negative in your thinking and you've had an extremely negative um, background and, and you know, uh, I mean, I grew up with my parents give, telling me how bad money was all the time and only bad people had money. That kind of thinking has a very big effect on, on, on your resistance and how Accept how open you are to receiving money into your life. The thinking leads to the next one, which is the F, which is your feelings. So how we think is going to, going to influence how we feel. If we think positive for thoughts, we feel positive. If we think negative, we feel negative. So how negative or positive your feeling is, is also going to be a big determining factor in terms of your resistance. And then the PEX, that stands for your programming and experiences. The programming is, like I said, growing up. How were you programmed around the area you're wanting to change in your life? Uh, were you, did you, did you, and did you, um, were you programmed, for example, being told the whole time that money is negative, money is bad? My parents always used to tell me money doesn't grow on trees, which I could never understand because as far as I, I grew up, money was made from paper, which did grow on trees, but my parents um, had a different view on that. So um, that programming was very negative. And we've got this, we won't have time to go into today, but we've got this little alien that sits inside our head. I call him Mr. X. And he's constantly reminding us of all this negative programming because he's very afraid of us changing because changing means we, we might not be safe. So he's reminding us of all this negativity all the time. And we really need to understand how to, how to, and how to see that for ourselves. And that's sometimes when you need a good coach that can help you see all these limiting beliefs that you have. And the EX uh, for your experiences. So there, once again, if you or someone you know has had a very negative experience in that area you want to change in the last five years, 10 years, you are also going to be very resistant to that change that you want to create. And then finally, the um, E at the end of the formula stands for your environment which is on two levels. If you, like here in South Africa, for example, we've got very wealthy neighborhoods and we've got very poor uh, neighborhoods. If you come from a very poor neighborhood and you're constantly surrounded by poverty, it becomes very difficult to not be resistant towards creating money in your life. And the same thing with the, peer, with the people in your life. If you have very negative people who are always putting you down, then creating change becomes very difficult. So that you know, Stanley, I'm just going to share a couple of comments from the chat. So someone was saying, wow, about the formula. So like hu hugely impressed by the formula, please unpack it. And then someone else made a really interesting observation. I can imagine how this formula, formula affects relationships. 
the, the wonderful thing, and thank you for that, Michelle, the wonderful thing about this formula is I wanted to create a formula that could be used in any area of your life. So whether you want, whether you wanted to use it to understand why you're procrastinating in your finances, this, this will take you much deeper into understanding it than you ever have before. If it wants to be in your relationship and saying, listen, I'm pro- we're procrastinating in our relationship and um, this formula will help you see exactly where it is, whether it's in your health, in your business and wanting to create a change in your career. This is really something that I developed as a way for people to self-assess. And then hopefully for those who do work as coaches, I also created it as a, as a, as a tool to help them help their clients even better. To say, let's so it's basically a oh, diagnostic, oh. like a diagnostic assessment, a self, a self version of that. That's it. I'll, I'll use, I'll use a quick um, analogy. I always use is that this, there, there was this hotel that was flooding at the basement, and they couldn't, uh, couldn't let guests in, and it was costing them a lot of money. So they, they gave a plumber a phone call to come and find out what where the leak was coming from and how to stop it. And the plumber stood there for a minute or two, looked around, and then he bent down, took, took a screwdriver out of his bag. He walked to the one corner of the room, turned the screw, the water stopped running. And he gave them a, a bill for $5,000. Uh, and when they looked at it, they said, $5,000, how could you charge us $5,000? You were only here for five minutes and you turned one screw. And he said, well, I charged uh, $100 for turning the screw and $4,900 for knowing exactly which screw needed to be turned. <laughs> and for me, sometimes that is the real value in life is if you can find that one screw, and that's what Change Creator is all about, is that if we can just get you acting, if we can just get you taking action today, I guarantee you tomorrow is already going to be better because our mind works that way. Our mind kind of works and, and, and resets itself to what we did yesterday. If we did one thing differently yesterday, we're more likely to repeat that action and do that thing differently again today and add on to it. But what happens is that we never take that first step and so we find ourselves in a rut and we never get going. This formula is about helping you to identify exactly why it is that you're not taking that first step and to fix it in such a way so that at least you start taking action. Because if you start taking action, that's when everything starts to change. And I think right, the, interesting so I, thing about, yeah. the interesting thing about what you're saying there in relation to starting to take action is that's what then puts you on the road to momentum and it's momentum that gets you somewhere different to where you, where you were in the start. Absolutely, it's that momentum, and um, and that's what we talk about. You see, um, we because if you think about it, right? Um, I was taught that when you change your thinking, you change your feelings. When you change the way you feel, you change your actions. It's true that you act very differently when you feel positively than when you feel negatively. And when you change your actions, you ultimately change your result. But the truth is that there's actually much more to it than that. That there's levels above the thinking that needs to change. And to go and attempt to directly change all of those levels can take you years of psychological help um, to just change the smallest thing in your life. We're talking about the one power that you have, and that's what leads leads us into power, is I was asked once if there was one statement, Michelle, that I could make, that if there was only one statement I could make to help people change their life, what would it be? And it would be the following. And if we think about it, and everybody online, just I'm going to ask them really to consider this, is that have you ever had that morning, and I'm sure we all have had those mornings, when you wake up and it's cold outside and it's still dark and you have to go to work and you really don't feel like getting out of bed. 
you would rather just lie in bed for the rest of the day and spend the day relaxing in bed. And I'm sure we've all had those days. Have you ever had those days when you know you needed to go and exercise, you needed to go to gym, you needed to go for a run, um, whatever it might be, but you really didn't feel like it. You really just felt like like putting your feet up. We've all had those days. We're having but some yeses. Is, People are dropping yeses in, so they're relating to what you're saying. <laughs> so we all relate to that, right? But can you see that even though we have those days, you still have the ability, despite how you're thinking and feeling, you still have the ability to get out of bed, get dressed and go to work. If we were controlled by our thinking and feeling, then on those mornings we woke up and we didn't feel like getting up, we would be, we would be stuck. We wouldn't be able to move. We wouldn't be able to exercise when we didn't feel like it. We would only be able to do those things when we feel like it. And that is a sort of a, a hint and an insight into what it means when we say your power as a human being. And that is that you have the power, and I really hope everyone writes this down and considers this really carefully going forward. Your real power as a human being is that you have the power to act despite your thinking and feeling. And people who are not as powerful in life are controlled by their thinking and feeling. They know what they need to do. It comes back to the knowing doing back. They know they need to take action. They know what they need to do, but they're not doing it because they are controlled by their thinking and feeling. In other words, their level of power is not very high. But your powerful people, and we've all heard that saying that says successful people do what unsuccessful people don't want to do either, but they get up and they do it. The, the powerful people in life are the people who act despite their thinking and feeling. So what I'm going to do with your permission is I'm going to um, go to another slideshow quickly that I have here. Um, where I'm going to discuss this a little bit further because I want to start with this question, where does power come from? And maybe, maybe Michelle, this is an interesting one. Maybe everyone can quickly type in, what is their, this is such an important question. We talk about power and we've all heard the, um, the, the saying, you have the power and you have the power to change and create. But one thing I found is that very few people actually ever really sat down and considered this question. So I'm going to ask two questions. Number one, where does power come from? Your power as a human being, where does it come from? And secondly, how do you increase your level of power as a human being? Because okay, so everyone, just, so if everyone can answer those questions in the chat box, firstly, where does power come from? And just repeat the second question, Stanley. And how do you increase your level of power? And how do you increase your level of power? So we would love to hear your insights, your theories, your beliefs around these two questions. Just drop it down in the chat box. Great image. I love that image on that page of the hands holding the, is, it, is, it, is oh, that like the globe ball? That's an amazing image. Yes, yes. Thank you. So let's see. Um, anyone, where does power come from? And how do you, let's just see if anybody is answering there. So okay, so AJ says internal um, leverage yep. and collaboration. Okay. Um, maybe you could read for me there, Michelle. Yeah, I can. So Brian says power comes from within. The Bible clearly says greater is he who's in me. And then AJ says jump in a river that's already flowing. Um, so I think okay. that's self-explanatory. Anyone else have theories about where power comes from or how you can increase your level of power? I can come back to them, keep going, and I'll just come back to them as they okay. um, pop. So, so yeah, just just because of time, I'm going to carry on. So when we get, 
Look, the one thing we understand and the one thing a lot of people do understand is power comes from within. But my question is, how does that answer help you um, to, to understand how to increase your level of power? So, yes, it's fair enough to say it comes from within and that's the correct answer. But what do we mean by that? And how do we turn it into something we can actually use? So to understand that, I'm going to just run through something that I usually take a lot more time to, to work through. But just for today's um, session, I'll run through it to see if there's any questions at the end is that when we say that power comes from in, what we first need to understand is the difference between our conscious mind and our unconscious subconscious mind, which I know we're all aware of. There's an interesting book called The Answer by John Asraf where they where they attempted to define the different levels um, between these two parts of the mind. And they tried to, to put it into terms that we can understand. So briefly, just to, just to go through that, what they first say, and going into our screen, is that, um, sorry, this is actually wrong, uh, is that the conscious mind, in terms of speed of thought, if they say the conscious mind thinks at 120, not to 14, but 114 miles per hour, the subconscious mind thinks at over 100,000 miles per hour. So in other words, what they're saying is the subconscious mind thinks a thousand times faster than the conscious mind thinks. Now, why is that significant? That's significant because when we make a decision in our life, we're not making it from the conscious, rational part of our mind. We're actually making it from what's been programmed already in the subconscious part of our mind. And then the conscious mind catches up and justifies why we made that decision. And that's why you'll get people who will be frustrated with themselves who keep, who keep making the same mistakes and they keep promising themselves, next time I'm going to do it different, but next time they go and they do exactly the same thing again because it's not the conscious part of the mind that's making those decisions for us. It's the subconscious part of the mind. And if you're going to want to really change the way you do things going forward, you need to learn how to do that at a subconscious level. That's really what being superhuman is all about, is learning how to deal with those. I'm going to then run past these video clips to, to, that I usually use to explain and to show you how that works. But the next part that's, inf that's important is that when it comes to amount of information, how much information your mind can take in at any one time, your conscious mind takes in about 2,000, if we think of bits per, bits per second, computer terms. 2,000 bits of, per, of, of information per second, your subconscious is over 400 billion. Your subconscious is taking in a huge amount of information at any one moment in time. And what happens is your conscious mind tells your subconscious mind what is important in all of the information. Like for right now, everybody's sitting, staring at their screen. There's so many, so much more around every person that they could be focusing on. But consciously, they're using the, the faculty of will. We've got six mental faculties, and one of them is will. The faculty of will to tell the subconscious mind, focus on the screen at the moment. And this is really important, uh, Michelle, just this part here alone, is because right now, the truth is that as much negativity as there is around us with finances and with the way the financial world and, and, and how businesses are closing, people losing their jobs, I guarantee you by law, there's a law that's called the law of polarity, a universal law that applies to us all that says everything has an equal opposite. By law, there has to be just as many opportunities to make money and get into the flow right now. But what's happening is that people are focusing on the negative and they're not seeing the positive and the opportunities. The ones that are grabbing opportunities around them right now are the ones that are focused on that because they've told their, sub their conscious mind has instructed their subconscious mind to focus on the opportunities available to them. So I wish I had more time to go into detail, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you understand the basic principle of that. 
is that we, we, we're able to see everything and experience everything around us, but our conscious mind has been programmed to only see what relates to our current experience or expectation of reality. But again, the power there, yes, Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just thinking no, that the, with, with lots of behaviour change programs, many of them are based around the conscious mind, not the subconscious mind, and Absolutely. particularly in organisations and coaching. And so, I think it's if you're going um, to try to address the idea of changing other people's behaviour in a one-dimensional way, no wonder it's quite ineffective. Yes. Well, uh, you're right. And, and the, the subconscious is where, where it can be done. And I'm going to give everybody today the easiest way to start changing your subco- subconscious power that's lying there. That's So we, we're going to get to that. I think the point I just want to make to everybody is just to really see where your power lies. So in terms of your behavior as well, 2 to 4% of what we do every day, we think about and we're consciously aware of. 96 to 98% is unconscious. We're not aware of why we're doing it. We're not aware of the 50,000, 60,000 thoughts we're thinking every day, the recorded. So I believe everybody's heard these terms and understands it. But the point is we need to understand that your real power, answering the first question, the real power to change your life lies in the subconscious part of your mind. And as you rightfully said, we're not often taught how to deal with that part of the mind. We're taught how to deal with our conscious mind, but not so much our subconscious mind. Um, one last thing, thing I'll say about the, the, the conscious and subconscious mind here is that our conscious mind is your thinking mind. It's also the originator of all your ideas uh, done in the conscious mind. It's your reasoning mind. And important here, it directs your brain consciously. So you can consciously d- direct your brain, and your brain is the one that directs your body to do what it does every day. And very important also, you can instruct the subconscious mind with your conscious mind, if you can learn how to do that. And that's that's kind of where we're going into as a first part today. How to how to instruct the subconscious mind is which is where your power lies. Now the subconscious part of the mind, I just can't see it here. So I'm gonna see if I can make it um, a little bit bigger here. Um, the subconscious part of the mind, as you will see there, it very important is all your store program. Just pause for a second. So what we can see on the screen, at least what I can see on the screen, I'm not sure about everyone else, but what I can see on the screen is still the change creator formula with that main formula page. I don't know. Oh, okay. I wonder why that is. Okay. You know what I'm going to do? Let me, oh no. Um, let me quickly do this and stop sharing and then reshare. And I think that that's, that might help. Um, or in in the mean, oh, so you still got the formula in front of you? Yeah, we've all we've still got the formula. Yeah, oh, brilliant. So, so everybody should have studied that formula by now, right? So yeah, maybe we can, we can test everybody on the formula at the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thanks for letting me know. Let me quickly stop the sharing and then reshare, and then okay. hopefully that will um, that will help. I'm going to share again the screen. Um, tell me now if you can see the screen with the with the Conscious, subconscious mind. Yeah, that's all good now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so what I want you to know is that the subconscious part of the part of the um, the mind is your feelings part. It's also, where your stored programming lies. But very important. What I want everyone to know about the subconscious part of the mind is the subconscious part of the mind cannot reject. It can only accept. So, once a thought is accepted as truth through the conscious part of the mind. Your subconscious acts on it as truth. It doesn't have the ability to say this is a good idea or a bad idea. So, yes, 
as important as it is to increase the power at a subconscious level, it's also very important to understand how to do that using the conscious part of the mind. Because once a thought and an idea is passed through the consciousness as truth, then it becomes very difficult to change it once it's taken root at the subconscious. So we need to learn and what we do through this through this program. And by the way, I'm going to, to um, let everybody know where they can get a, a free um, and that's going on to Genius U, if you don't mind me, I'm sure that you all know about Genius U already. Um, the free micro degree that's going to take them through this whole formula if they'd like to go through it and understand it better, then they, they will for, they will be able to do so. And I will send everybody on the call also a free copy of my Liftoff book to read. That'll also um, give them a lot more detail on what I'm talking about. But right, for now, right. just to know that that the conscious mind needs to be has six mental faculties one of them being will that i told you about but there's others as well that we need to develop and using those in the right combination allows us then to unlock this power in the subconscious mind so it comes through to it comes to the question uh, again of uh, where does power come from and we now know it comes from the subconscious part of the mind so that's all fair and well to know but the question then becomes how do you increase your level of power. And this is really what I want to leave everybody with today because the more you increase your level of power as a human being, the more you move towards the state and and, and I just love these eight days and just want to acknowledge you guys for what you're doing is this in the superhuman summit and how much it's needed. But the more we increase our level of power, the more we move towards this level of superhuman. So where does the level of, where does, how do you increase this level of power? Now to understand that just briefly uh, to, to explain it is that your subconscious mind is a, a, a count. It's almost like a, a keeps score of everything you say every day. So every day you wake up and you say you are going to do something, your subconscious mind records it, whether that you say you're going to do something for yourself or whether you say you're going to do something for someone else, your subconscious mind records it and says you've made a promise and it's almost like it's now watching you to see, do you do what you say you will do? So what we're really talking about here is commitment and the power of commitment. And when I talk about the power of commitment, I love the quotes by W.H. Murray. Um, W.H. Murray, who climbed Mount Everest after many failed attempts, finally made it. And he had the following. He said, um, until, and I'm just going to make this a little bit smaller so that I can just read it with you, with you, because it's such a powerful, it's one of my favorite statements um, that I've ever read. It says, until you are committed in life, there's going to be hesitancy, the chance to draw back, and always ineffectiveness. He says, concerning all acts of initiative and creativity, there's one elementary truth, the ignorance of this truth kills so many ideas and plans, is that the moment you definitely commit yourself to something, then providence moves to. So when we're talking about starting to invoke your power, the first thing is you need to commit. And Michelle, the truth is many people say what they would like to do in life, but very few people really commit to anything. And he's saying that your real power only starts being invoked the moment that you commit. And commitment, I always tell people, commitment shows up in two ways. It shows up in your bank balance and it shows up in your diary. We say we want to commit to things. If you don't have it scheduled, if you are not actively working on something or investing in it, then you are, then the question is, how committed are you really? How committed are you to your future? How committed are you to changing your future? will show up in two places, in your bank balance and in your diary. Are you committing financially towards something or are you committing in time towards changing something? 
And then he says, when that happens, all sorts of things occur to help you that would otherwise never have occurred. And a whole stream of events issue from that one decision, that one commitment, raising in your favor all manner of assistance, which no one could have dreamt would have come your way. So that's really the first step towards invoking your power as a superhuman, is how committed are you to creating the change? And what is your level of commitment? Now, going back to the subconscious mind, let me quickly show you what happens here. And hopefully everyone can see the screen. Let's say, for example, you've made a commitment and you say tomorrow morning, I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm going for a run. It's time for me to start exercising. Now, tomorrow morning you get up and it's five o'clock and it's cold outside and it's dark and it's rainy. What do you say to yourself? You say, ah, I don't feel like it today. You know what? It's Tuesday. Who starts exercising on a Tuesday? Let's start on Monday. Everybody starts on Monday. We'll, we'll get ourselves ready and next week, Monday, we'll start. No harm done, right? But at a subconscious level, what happens is that it registers as promise made, not kept. And what happens is that when you make a promise and you don't keep it, even though you're not aware of this, I'm trying to make, remember this happens at a subconscious level, is that your level of power goes down. Now you say that the afternoon you're going to visit a friend uh, in hospital and you get busy at work and time just catches up with you and you just don't get it done. You've made a commitment you're going to go and visit, but you don't do it. And you say, I'm sorry, I can't make it today. I'll come tomorrow. No harm done, but guess what? At a subconscious level, promise made, not kept. And every time this happens, your level of power starts going down, down, down. And so we go through this and we, and, and you know, even something as simple as saying to somebody, I will be there at five o'clock for a meeting and you only pitch up 5.20. Guess what? At a subconscious level, promise made, not kept. You committed to five o'clock and this is what we must understand. The, excuse, the reason for you not being there on time doesn't matter. At a subconscious level, you've picked up, I've made a commitment, I said I was going to do something and I didn't do it. And if we have enough of these negative experiences, promises we make, whether we make it to ourselves and we seem to really be bad at keeping commitments to ourselves or to others, what happens is eventually that new year's come and we make this big commitment. This is the year I'm going to change my finances. This is the year I'm going to change my business, whatever it might be, or my health or my relationship. And at a subconscious level, remember where, where your real power lies. At a subconscious level, it goes, yeah, right. You always say you're going to do things. You never get it done. And then you move from using your power, which is available to using force. And then instead of using and being an access to that 96 to 98% of power in your subconscious mind, you're using that 2 to 4% power of your conscious will. And, and that is where force comes from. You know, if you ask what power is, People who don't have power have to use force. Now, the good news is on the other side of the scale, let's say, for example, and you can start, it doesn't matter if you start with something big or small. Everybody sitting here can start from today to say, from today, I am going to start increasing my level of power. And what I'm going to do is that everything I say I'm going to do, whether I feel like it or not, I do it and I do it uh despite, as I said, my thinking and feeling, because you are going to still feel negative and there is going to be resistance. So let's say, for example, tomorrow morning, you say you're going to get up at five and that alarm clock goes off. The old you, and I don't know if anybody's ever read that book, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins, which I think was fantastic, talking about counting down, five, four, three, two, one, jumping out of bed. The old you would have stayed in bed. The new you says, no, I need to raise my level of power as a human being. 
So instead of lying in bed, I'm going to get up at five, as difficult as it is because I realize I have the power to do that. I get dressed and I go for a run. Now inside your conscious mind, you get promise made kept. So instantly your level of power goes slightly up. And have you ever seen those times when you really didn't feel like exercising, but you did it anyway, how much better you feel at the end of the session than usual? Because you overcame that thinking and feeling and you feel powerful. There's like a sense of power that you get immediately. You say you're going to go and uh, go and visit your friend. Usually you would have had excuses not to, but you said, you know what, I committed. And by the way, when you live, a, live on this level, you become very, very aware of the commitments you make. And you learn that no is actually a complete sentence. You learn to be very careful what you commit to because you realize every time I commit to something, I don't do it. I'm, I'm hurting my power as a human being. But you go in that evening, you go and visit your friend in the hospital, promise made kept. You promised that you would get a, meet a friend at five o'clock. You realize that there might be a problem with traffic. So you decide to leave at three o'clock. You're there an hour before the event. Doesn't matter. That extra hour is you, you gladly are, are willing to take because you said you would be there by five o'clock. Five o'clock when your friend arrives, you are there. Promise made kept. And so if we do this enough time in the same way, when we finally make that big commitment towards ourselves to create a real change in our life, this time the subconscious mind is actually playing with you and says, yes, you've got a high level of power. You do what you say you will do. In other words, you have a high level of integrity. So I'm going to leave off tonight just to talk about that last word because it's so important and linked to the, to the, um, the word power is that your real power can be measured by your level of integrity. Now, people have a different uh, definition for integrity. But in its shortest form, integrity for us and for, for my definition of integrity is doing what you say you will do by the time you said you would do it. Again, integrity is doing what you say you will do by the time you said you would do it. And what I found through all the years working with people is that people who have a high level of, it, of integrity, and we measure this from week to week for example, in a coaching session, I will sit and I'll work with someone and they'll go and choose things that they need to do for our next session. And then we measure their integrity to say, these are the things you said you would do. Did you do them? Did you do them on time? And that determines the person's integrity score. And without question and without, um, with, with, yeah, I'm trying to think of the right word. Without exception is the word that I'm looking for. If a person's level of integrity in life is 80% and higher, it's like miracles start happening in that person's life. They, it's, they almost need to get out of the way to, when they see how things start changing in their life. But people who are constantly at 80% and lower than 80%, in other words, they, they do what they say most of the time, but not, not to that high level. They are people who are always struggling to create change. They are people who are always struggling to move ahead, and it feels like they always need to force things. So in short, what does it mean to be a, a powerful superhuman? It's all got to do with what we spoke about today. Where, And I'm going to ask everybody to measure themselves. Where's your level of power in your life? Not only to the commitments you make to others, but even more so the commitments you make to yourself. Because often we keep all the commitments and promises we make to others, but we don't do the same for ourselves. Only you can answer that question. Where currently is your level of power? If you had to look over the past, let's say, month. Where's your level of power? How would you honestly rate it on understanding what we said today? How often do you do what you say you will do, what you commit to? And then secondly, what is it that you are going to do differently starting from today? Are you willing to take on the challenge to number one, be impeccable with your word? 
Number two, understand the importance and the power of integrity. And number three, make the decision that I am not going to just say yes to everything all the time because I realize when I say yes and I've made a commitment to do something, it's going to affect my power. So I'm going to firstly be aware of what I commit to. But when I do commit to something, no matter how big or small it is, my number one priority is that I do what I say I will do by the time I said I would do it. And, um, yeah, in, in the shortest time I've ever been able to deliver that part of the, <laughs> the power talk, that is explaining what power is all about and how it connects to us moving to a level of supreme. So I guess now I can go on to if there's any questions. Yeah, so a few comments that people are making. Um, whoa, they just went somewhere different. Just a minute. Um, sorry, my whole screen changed when you changed around, so I've just got to work out how to get it back. Um, someone's saying perception is projection and projection is perception. Um, people are definitely loving the formula that you shared. That was really interesting. And someone said, and this lady is a meditation instructor, actually. She said, I studied under Bob Proctor years ago, and I can certainly relate to what you're saying and showing here. And uh, yes, make the decision, use affirmations to reinforce your decision, do whatever it takes. And talking about the best person to make a commitment to is you. So if you do have any questions for Stanley, please drop them in the Q&A box or Either the chat or the Q and A, it doesn't really matter. We'll pick them up. And, but. and maybe what I can do in the meantime, Michelle, I'm going. I'm busy typing. I'm going to type the um, web address where where people can go on right after this. They'll see at the bottom of the the web address if they just leave their email address. Um, it's just it's, we decided to go to a .com, so we've been redoing the web this the web address uh, okay, the website great. this yep. week. Yep. But we've got enough for the for people to go down to the bottom if they just leave their address. What I'll do is I'll send them a copy of the book Liftoff. And then I'll also give them the instructions on how to go and do the free micro degree, this whole micro degree um, on Genius U, how to go on there and do it. So I'd like to give people the opportunity to go through. It's 12 lessons. It's not too long. And it will give them the understanding of all of the, the different variables in the formula. But yeah, if there's any questions along, that'll be great. Fantastic. Um, so someone's already dropped their email address in there so that you can um, send it to them. It might be better to email you directly through your Change Creators website. If someone jumps on your website, do... That's what I'm going to do here. So I'm, I'm putting the website uh, on here quickly. It's actually very simple. It's, it's www.changecreatorsa.com. But um, I will quickly drop it in, in here as well. Right. So the best way to do it, so the person who's already put their email address, make sure that you go over to Change Creators website and contact Stanley through that website because he might not be able to jump back in easily to see what you put here. And we don't want you to miss out. So that's so that you get a copy of it. Did you say it's an ebook or a? Yeah, it's a, it's the ebook. So so what I'm going to do for everyone, Michelle, is I'm going to give them the copy of the ebook, and then um, we are busy in the process of publishing the Change Creator book as well. I will send everybody a copy of that book as well. So that's along yeah, with the the that's micro very generous of you. It. So thank you thank very you. much. Yep. We appreciate your generosity. And for those of you who haven't or who don't know about the Genius System and the micro degrees. We, AJ and I recently went to Bali and did I Love with Roger Hamilton's team in just in February. So we went through a whole series of Genius U stuff in order to do that. So it's a really great platform um, and it's very much worth you getting in and, and finding that out. 
um, as well. So a question, a question that I just wanted to ask you because I do really similar work to what you do and I find it very interesting as to why people, all the stuff you talked about at the end with, with integrity, why is it, do you think, that people find it easier to commit to things in regards to other people than themselves? They think it's less yeah. bad to let themselves down. Yes. I, I always ask people, if you had a friend that treated you like you treat yourself, would you still be friends with that person? We seem to we seem to be very hard on ourselves. You're you're very right. Uh, it's, it's it's about another concept called looking good. We 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 we're so afraid of of looking bad in the eyes of other people. It's really much very much an ego thing that we we'll, we're more likely to look good in their eyes than in our own eyes. So um, it also comes down to the fact that we don't understand this principle, Michelle, is that many times we think that um, the level of power that I'm talking about only really applies to what we do to others. I think if more people understood that it's actually more hurtful and detrimental when you are on this level of power with yourself, I think more people would adopt it. And I just really believe there's a combination of things things in there. Um, I see AJ also asked a question. Um, about, about uh, forming habits. And what I will say, AJ, is that every habit um, is formed by the first step. You know, like the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. To form a habit, you first got to take the first action step. So what I would say is that Change Creator is very much about getting you to take that first step. Once you've taken that first step, then the, you can start taking that step more regularly, then you will form the habit. But that habit will never form if you don't take that first step. So this was really about helping people to understand why are they stuck. And, I mean, I take, again, and I hope you don't mind me punting it just because I have such a love for what's, what the guys in the community are doing at Genius U, that if you look at the programs there, really, I don't believe there's anybody that, no matter what financial situation they're in, and I would really recommend everybody go and take a look. I don't care what financial situation you're in. On that platform, you will find the solution and the steps you need to take to move you ahead. But if you're not taking those steps, then all that is is great information that, once again, is added to your knowing-doing gap and creates no change. So what Change Creator is about, and that's why I created the micro degree on that platform, is to help people who now know what to do and still not doing it, to go and maybe go and assess themselves and see what is that area that's preventing them from taking those steps. Because I guarantee you, if you take those steps, your things will start to change for you. Absolutely. And I think um, it's another it's another good lesson as well um, from the point of view that everything we need is around us and generally everything we need is close close to us, often just one person away or one conversation away. And I think that's a really powerful lesson to come off the back of this with as well because if you're talking about power versus force, one of the most powerful things that you can do, and we've been talking about this the majority of the day, is connecting, collaborating and influencing in and around other people because that really amplifies any kind of impact that you're going to have. So any last last words of wisdom people saying thanks for your generosity any last words of wisdom that you have today for me um yeah yeah. Uh, i don't know if there's from anybody else um, anything they want to ask but for me the last words of wisdom is that 
I really know, and it's not something I believe. Uh, you know, I always say you only need to believe something until you know. Once you know, there's no longer any necessity to talk about belief or faith. So I know that every person that already has within them whatever they need, the answers are within them. It's there. We, we, we look at others because we're hoping sometimes someone will give us or tell us something other than what we know. And when they do, we don't follow that advice anyway. The answer to changing your life is, is, is within you. I, I read a fantastic book that I've been told to read for, for, for most of my life, but I finally read it in the last two weeks, and that's uh, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Mm. And what he says in that book that's very powerful, he says, every person, whatever your struggle is in life, only you can, can, you can, can find the solution for the struggle you're going through. No one else can give you the answer. No one else can tell you what to do. Yes, people can, invite, can give you different um, things to go and research, and that's what Genius U does. As an example, it gives you different ways to think about your problem, but ultimately, you already have the answer within yourself. Sometimes a good book or a good mentor will unlock what you already know. So don't sit around waiting for someone to give you the answer. Really go and take a look at it and ask yourself what you, and, and this is the, this is one thing we, we often do also as a mistake, Michelle, is that we think before we take action, we need to know the whole journey. We need to know exactly what we need to do to get to the end point. You don't. All you need to know is the first step. And I'm willing to bet anybody listening right now, whatever area of your life you want to change, you already know what that first step is. And if you don't, it's just because you're not listening, using your second uh, mental faculty, which is that Bob Proctor also speaks about, is intuition. Is that deep down, you know what it is. Just listen to that voice. And when that comes up, if you're not taking action, go and do the change creator formula, go through it, and you will probably find it's just one little tweak you need to make. And when you make that tweak, everything starts to change. We need to change, and change is going to is forced upon us, whether we like it or not. Um, I think I just say a big thank you to you guys for the summit and a big thank you to, again, just just because this is where I found out about the summit and I became part of it, to the work that Roger Hamilton and you guys do at Genius U. has really changed my life and I really hope everybody else will come and join us on that journey because it will change your life as well. And a big thank you to what you guys do. Pleasure. And thank you. And someone just asked, the title of the book is called Men's Search for Meaning. And I think that's a beautiful way to wrap up our evening for today is to remember that Viktor Frankl in Men's Search for Meaning was also talking about the only thing that can't be taken away from us as humans by somebody else is our power to choose. And he was talking about being in concentration camps at the time. So I just want you to remember that, that going through these challenges, going through the situation that we're in at the moment, no one can ever take away our power to choose. So I just want to say a massive thank you to you, Stanley. Um, it was really fantastic to hear your take on power versus force and fascinating to see the formula that you've come up with. And I'm thinking AJ wants to say thanks too. That's why she's jumped on. Is that right, AJ? Yeah, I wanted to say thank you. Thanks very much and for your superhuman effort and being flexible and jumping on even though we streamed an hour early to you. Apologies, I think it was our daylight saving change. And I also just wanted to remind everyone that the summit isn't even halfway there yet. We're only at the end of day three. And tomorrow we have Declan Edwards starting at 8 a.m. And before that, 7.40 meditation. So be on here or jump in our Facebook group so that you can watch more amazing humans like Stanley. 
Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Isaac, to you guys. And Michelle, I've heard so much about you. I'm so glad I can finally see you and meet you. So absolutely <laughs> awesome. You are everything everyone told me you would be. And AJ, thank you so much for arranging this. You guys have done such a great job. And thank you for giving me the honor of being a part of it. I, I can only just say a big thank you. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks everyone for tuning good in. Good night if you're going to bed. Good morning if you're just waking up. And we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Cheers.